Samsung executive says the Galaxy Fold is ready to hit the market. I mean, I feel like we've heard this before. I, I, I talked so much about the Galaxy Fold when, when the heat was hot. Funny enough, the guy who wrote this on TechCrunch, his name is Brian Heater. See that? Heater's bringing the heat on this one. That's the headline. Uh, apparently, at an event, Samsung Display Vice President Kim Song Chol told a crowd that the Galaxy Fold is ready to hit the market, that they've ironed out the problems. You see that? Ironed out. Mm. Crease. Ironed. Uh, like I said, we've heard it before. But you got to believe Samsung is close to delivering on this. I don't think they're going to put this one to bed. I think they were close. The closest up until this point as far as a commercially available product. Of course, the unit that I was using once upon a time, it didn't have any issues itself. But others, uh, presumably identical to mine, did. That other, other people had their hands on. Other evaluators like myself. So... Issues existed. Recently, we covered uh, uh, the story that Huawei was pulling back the release date on the Mate X, their foldable device, which we couldn't get our hands on. And they were pushing that back to September. But it, it's, it's starting to sound like Samsung is like weeks away, like pretty close to getting this thing out onto the market. Now, that doesn't mean I think you should be waiting for it because, as I've stated in the past, this is not... This is not a, a device for for the sensitive tech buyer. Even wh whatever it is that they're going to do to make it somewhat more robust, it's still going to be a fringe device. It's still going to be very expensive for what it is, and it's still going to have the potential to have problems because it is just such a new form factor, such a new development. It's good news in a market that is desperate for some sort of change, some sort of development outside the realm of the typical slab device in fact uh the next story i'm about to cover is going to showcase just how stagnant the market has become from a premium smartphone transaction perspective it's just people are really slowing down their smartphone purchases because the truth of the matter is the devices that we're holding that we have right now and that individuals are holding on to are pretty good so it's going to take some type of massive transition into potentially a brand new form factor to motivate people to get back into the marketplace for a new smartphone. So the Galaxy Fold, a little bit closer than uh, the day, than yesterday. A little bit closer today than yesterday, according to the vice president. I believe him. I think we're going to see this thing in a couple, maybe a few weeks. And I think it's going to be better than it was, but I don't think it's going to be perfect by any means. And I think, like I said before, if you're a sensitive buyer, and if, 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 if the two grand is going to sting quite a bit, I would stay away from this one still for now. Even though me, on the tech side, appreciate the ambitiousness of it and I'll use it. You know I'm going to use it. So, uh, But the next story I'm talking about in relationship to iPhone specifically, but also premium phones, iPhone users are holding on to aging handsets longer than ever. So CounterPoint Research, these guys are the ones that stockpile all this the sales numbers and a customer data regarding uh, smartphones and, well, a number of categories, the technology space, though, specifically. And they found that smart, the smartphone market in general is slowing down, but the premium end of the market is slowing down the most. 
Uh, that end of the market fell 8% in the first quarter of 2019. And Apple suffered particularly badly with shipments of the iPhone declining 20%. Now, CounterPoint data says that that's likely to do with people holding onto their smartphones longer, which this is completely anecdotal. But in, in my personal life, I recognize that. You see a lot of people in the street previous generations of devices and they're satisfied with them maybe outside of battery performance like what people want to do on their smartphones they are doing on their current version and the the, the, the sales pitch that exists for oh screen to body ratio or camera performance stuff that works in the tech community in the tech segment specifically isn't necessarily working outside of this realm as well so the average customer not maybe as compelled as you are watching this to upgrade for upgrading sake as an early adopter, as a tech fan and enthusiast. So the numbers are there to support this idea of sluggishness in general. Now, Tim Cook, he's got his own, uh, he's got his own explanation for what's going on. iPhone repairs are, are up. Battery replacements are up. There's a number of uh, explanations that he offers up as to why things are sluggish, as well as what's been happening in the Chinese market. So there's a there's a number of a number of potential ways to look at this, but I don't think it's any one brand. I don't I don't think it's any one device. I think it's a general. I think it's a number of factors actually that are leading to this to this outcome. Apple only releases phones once a year. They release very expensive phones as far as the market's concerned, but the premium segment as a whole is feeling some of this pain. And there's a whole macroeconomic situation at play, trade, and so forth, but there's also choice at play. We're getting more for our money than before because there's more smartphones to choose from at lower price points, and they're better than they've been before. So even if you were going to upgrade from your current device are you going all the way up to a premium device or can you get what you want for four or five hundred dollars it's all very interesting it's all developing i think what we're going to see is i think what we're going to see is that the de facto standard device becomes something at a lower price point that that it's no longer necessary to only buy a flagship as i mentioned in a previous video i think it was on unbox therapy when i was evaluating the the samsung a series which has now shown up in north america I think the way that North Americans are going to buy devices in general will change away from contracts or tabs and things like this towards full outright ownership. And then this will spur on the adoption of the value mindset in North America, which was sort of like the last place that it was flagship or nothing else. So I just think we're going to see the cost per unit, the average upgrade cost go down and a continuation of this process of people holding onto their devices longer. Unless we have some massive development like the galaxy fold taking everyone needing a folding phone which i'm not suggesting that will be the case but it would it will take something like that to have this occur now in the, in the same arena but from but a, but a different element in the whole conversation apple has now come out and said that they are considering or at least the reports state that they are considering moving iphone production out of china or at least a percentage of it. So what does this mean? It means that in conjunction with this bad news on this one front, you now also have the potential for an increase 
in end user prices for uh, the premium end of the smartphone business like iPhones. If they have to move some production out of China to avoid the tariff talk that we've been referencing so frequently on this show, you could see an increase in the cost per unit on an iPhone as well. So the tariff proposal was 25%, right? Tariff on goods originating from China. So the suggestion is apparently Apple has asked their suppliers to mull over the idea of potentially moving, transplanting some of that production to other places, primarily in Southeast Asia. We could see a place like Vietnam become a player. As I've mentioned in the past, certain Samsung devices are manufactured there. So you get outside of mainland China, you avoid the tariff, you keep the price down, but moving operations could incur other expenditures, which could still result in an increase to, to your bottom line if you're an iPhone buyer. In fact, analysts have forecast the cost of iPhones to increase by 14% as a result. Even though Tim Cook says it ain't going to happen, maybe Apple just uh, absorbs some of that extra cost and, and just chops it out of their margin. We know they protect fairly healthy margins. Maybe they can do that. But nonetheless, this, uh, this entire ecosystem becoming more complex. You, are, you have softness on the demand standpoint, right? You have so more selection from a wider variety of brands at different price points. And now you have a potential increase and in complexity in getting these premium devices because of the potential for this tariff situation. And it could go in reverse as well. Of course, if this tariff does come into play on US soil, you could potentially have a Chinese retaliation, in which case Apple could then have a, a more expensive product even in mainland China because of the US technologies that exist and the fact that that, that money eventually finds its way back to Apple in the US. Around 5 million Chinese jobs are thought to rely on Apple's manufacturing in the country. And Apple employs around 10,000 people directly in China. It's unclear how many of these jobs would be impacted by losing 15 to 30% of production. Well, Apple is apparently the one, the, 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 the story here is that they have asked, they've asked if it would be possible to move a percentage of their production outside of China to diversify their manufacturing uh, uh, resources and so forth. But Foxconn, on the other hand, who's responsible for manufacturing Apple's, uh, Apple's components, Apple's smartphones, they're saying we can move all of it, at least as far as U.S. destined devices. They say we could do that, no problem. So you're getting a similar message from both sides, the manufacturing side with Foxconn and also Apple themselves. So you, you, there's, a, there's, a, there's a likelihood here that you could see a more expensive iPhone coming in the near future. YouTube executives are thinking about removing all children's content from the main site, apparently. Another report here. You know, YouTube's been in the news uh, with, a, with some controversial topics here regarding, regarding children's content, content targeted at children, content featuring children within it. And they've been... Uh, They've been looking at ways to potentially fix that or, or uh, curb some of the problems with it. It's not even just a single story. It's like a number of different things that have happened recently or in the last couple of years that have looked bad on YouTube uh, for Google, 
from the standpoint of, of parents trying to protect what their children are seeing, but also the type of people that are congregating around content featuring children. So a lot of different news stories at play here. The idea being proposed is that any content featuring a child would have to then go onto the YouTube Kids app and away from the main site. Now this gets crazy because you start to bring into question your family vloggers that are out there. You bring into question what if, you're, what if someone's filming in public and there just so happens to be a child? Also, how do you govern it, right? What kind of an algorithm do you build here that can sift through however many hundreds of hours of content are uploaded every minute? Are they able to look for children's faces? What if you're, what if you got a baby face? Well, what if you're a 30-year-old human being, but you just got a, you just got a baby look to you? Do you get picked up by the algorithm, get kicked off the main site and onto YouTube Kids? It's a very complicated topic. There's a good example, Andy Milanakis. There you see, is he a child or a man? It's, uh, it's very difficult. He's a rare case, obviously, but you can imagine what I'm talking about. You could see a scenario in which this could potentially be problematic. Now, there are a couple of other things suggested here as far as ways to fight against some of these issues, uh, one of which being the suggested algorithm and the autoplay feature. So a lot of what was going on or a lot of the criticism being thrown at YouTube was this idea that the algorithm itself was suggesting this unsavory content or leading children who were watching down weird rabbit holes of content that they may not have selected for themselves. So the other suggestion here is if it's content that features a uh, child or uh, ch uh, content that's targeting children, that there would be no suggested algorithm at play for those viewing sessions or on that content specifically. So it's a tough situation. There have been various advocacy groups that have uh, have lodged complaints with the FTC and they're they're looking for some sort of change to take place here. They're looking for some sorts of some sort of solution. There's obviously a lot of people upset and it is a very complicated subject. I got to be honest from my own point of view like should people be broadcasting, blasting their children all over the internet? Do the children really have a say in the matter? I understand you're their guardians. We've had child stars forever, but this is kind of different now. There's no, the, first of all, the scale, the volume, the velocity is massive. There's no watchdogs. There's no like industry at play that can kind of look over the situation. I know Macaulay Culkin talks about working late trying to shoot home alone and it was rough i mean how can we know what these children's situations look like even on these family vlogs we don't know you just don't know you're watching what the parent edited together and decided to showcase to you right you don't know if there's exploitation at, at play and it could ultimately lead down a, a, a terrible path all it would take will is one bad controversial case one seriously terrible thing to happen and all of a sudden people start to blame YouTube specifically and say, you were a breeding ground for this behavior. So I think they know something's up. They've already started by disabling comments on content featuring minors. That was kind of step one. It showcases the fact that they've got interest in the matter, that they're looking at it, but it's not enough. And that's obviously where these next stages and phases come into play, how they're going to address it. I have, some, you know, the truth of the matter is people are going to adapt and adjust 
content creators are going to adapt and adjust and they're going to have to. If all of a sudden YouTube makes a move like that and takes content with minors in it and relegates it to the kids app, these content creators are going to have to adjust. Mm -hmm. They're going to just have to do something different. And YouTube will essentially be saying, hey, we're not going to incentivize you putting your kids online for the purpose of monetary gain. We're not gonna we're not gonna go for that. So it's a really it's a hot topic. I'm glad that they're looking at it, but it's an enormous task. 500 hours of content uploaded to the platform every minute. Imagine trying to deal with that. I got a lot of respect for. It. I understand YouTube takes a a boatload of criticism, but like no one else is ready to do this job of hosting all the internet's videos. And and I just don't believe that it's an easy thing to work with. So good luck to YouTube. Uh, if you're broadcasting your kids all over YouTube and showing a bunch of ads, maybe you want to think about diversifying your product offering. Maybe you want to move some of your manufacturing elsewhere. See what I did there, Will? See what's going on? That's my feeling on the matter right now. Uh, sticking on YouTube for a second, there's a new uh, augmented reality ad plugin. How about that? Okay. Holy high tech. I mean, they got problems with, in the last story, they got problems governing their their site they don't have problems coming up with new ad products that's for sure so the way this works an ad pops up under a makeup tutorial and it allows you to try on virtually in an augmented reality way to try on the makeup that you're watching in the thing you could imagine this working for sunglasses hats clothing or you get to participate and apparently the engagement is very high on this initial rollout uh, what was it? The average person spent 80 seconds trying on virtual lipstick and 30% of people activated the AR experience. So we've been thinking and talking, oh, how are people going to figure out how to really utilize this AR stuff? It's all, it's super cool technology, but like where and how is it going to make its way into the real world? Well, of course, Will, it, got, it starts with advertising. They'll figure it out every single time. They're going to be the ones to get it out there, figure it out. So this is one of the first commercial applications where I've seen it. Apple recently experimented with the AR as well when they put out the new Mac Pro. They're like, oh, uh, see what the Mac Pro looks like on your very own desk before you spend 10 grand or whatever it's gonna be. They had their own version of it. I saw a lot of people doing that and then posting those images on social media of what the Mac Pro looks like in their space. So we're gonna continue to see more of this. I don't know how I feel about it. Ultimately, Look, if you want to buy the thing and you want to try it on, it's making your life easier. It's, a, it's, it's the type of application that the tech is kind of perfect for. You had Ikea also experimenting with augmented reality. Okay, here's what the furniture is going to look like in your house. That's useful, right? So if there's a use to it, I think people are going to do it. I don't personally wear makeup myself, so this particular application, not all that compelling, but I can see it. I get it. Look at how it's working in real time. It's fluid. It's smooth. You pop it open. I try to shade on, and then boom, shop, buy. Holy moly. The future is now, yes or no? What a time to be alive, Willie Do. Yes. Getting back to smartphones for a minute, Vivo, you know the company Vivo, they are showcasing a super flash charge, which can fill a 4,000 milliamp hour battery in 13 minutes. Bananas. That's pretty wild. So to put this in perspective, guys, 4,000 milliamp hours, you're talking about like a Galaxy S10. You're talking about filling up a phone of that caliber in 13 minutes. All of a sudden now you're like, geez, I'm not even, I don't even need to charge my phone at night. It's just a quick, you know, it's a quick little thing. Just pop it in, 
in the kitchen or something and, and, and grab a full charge. Now, we've seen fast charging technology in the past uh, showcase a Samsung phone recently with a 25-watt charge. The, the Galaxy S10 5G will charge 25-watt as well as the A70 we just showcased. But in this case, we're not talking about 25 watts. We're talking about 120-watt technology. That is a boatload of power. So the phone, the phone will charge from 10 to 14% in 16 seconds. You understand that, Will? Are you Impressive. ready for this speed? No, you're this is you're, very cool. You're never not charged. Mm -hmm. You're always charged. You got no excuse. All you need is an outlet for 16 seconds, and you're back up to 15, 14%. It's pretty wild. So the full the uh, the device reached full capacity in 45 minutes, according to this particular test. But 4,000 milliamp hours uh, in in around 13 minutes. It's bananas. They showcased it apparently uh, at MWC Shanghai alongside their first 5G device. This is uh, an area where like we had hoped that battery tech would have advanced at this rapid pace, where it was going to be like, oh, your phone lasts for a week now. This is obviously different, but it's kind of nice to have some sort of innovation taking place. Like if you can't have batteries in phones that last for a week, at least you can at least you can charge them in 13 minutes. Yeah, it seems like the solution right now is either having uh, a bigger battery or technology that charges faster. That's what I Which mean. Which one can you choose? So, it, and, and so that's the thing. You start to think about this on a bigger scale, like Tesla, for example is like you're looking at these extended range batteries. They can't make them fast enough to fulfill the orders. You know, you've we've, we've talked about all the complexities in that. Maybe you go more down this route where it's like maybe your range is not crazy, but imagine get to the superstar, supercharge station and it's like you're only there for five minutes, like more like a gas tank. So, I, I mean, that's obviously an extended. Yeah. We're talking about a phone here, not a car. It's but, a good proof of concept. Exactly. But do you think it'll overheat? Uh, it's got to be hot. So much. Look at the icon. Look hours. at the look at the artwork here. It's got to be hot. There's no way around it. I mean, it's going to generate heat. You're yeah. talking about 120 watts. I assume it's going to be safe. I, I I doubt they'd be showcasing it if it wasn't at least to a degree. But uh, you're going to have heat as a byproduct, no doubt about it. You know much about cars, Will? You you follow the car business at all? Uh. Not really. Not really. Well, honest. recently, J.D. Power, they put out their initial quality rankings. They do this frequently. Uh, this is the thing that people like to check before they buy a car to figure out if it's high quality or not. Uh, what they do is actually kind of cool. They have this ranking for initial quality, which is whether or not a car has problems in a very short time period after you buy it, which is an indication of manufacturing quality. Like, did, they, did it come out of the factory decent or like are these things subpar? And so they've been doing this for years, and it's been a way for people to stay away from lemons, cars that are going to be in the shop a lot and, and, and be garbage. And the funny thing about this is it doesn't map out the way that you would expect. So just to be clear, uh, the initial quality is measured by the number of problems experienced per 100 cars during the first 90 days of ownership. The responses come in from around 76,000 buyers and leasers of new 2019 model years model year cars, okay? There were 233 questions on the survey in eight different categories that you could potentially have problems in. Everything from exterior seats, driving experience, engine transmission, air conditioning, everything, so forth. This is a, a this is a real resource for car buyers to look at this thing prior to purchasing a car. Now, the interesting part for someone who's never looked at this before, you might be surprised to find out 
that you you're not necessarily getting the best quality the more money you spend so for for a number of years now at the bottom of the list has been jaguar and land rover can you imagine that so luxury cars people out there they think they're prestigious they're in the range rover some of the most unreliable cars on the road i'm talking of all cars so and land rover and jaguar in the same family automotive family they're not quality you can't just pay your way out of this this isn't a the, the rich man's game of like, I'm just going to make sure I get a nice quality car by spending the most money. You can't use that cheat. You can't use that hack. So the number that they score is 130 and 123. Bigger numbers are worse here, obviously. They're an indication of more initial quality problems. Oh, that is loud. Holy moly. We got the phone coming through the Bluetooth. It's unbelievable. DVLA, bringing the heat, bringing the low frequency, unexpected on the ringtone. At the top of the list, on the other hand, Genesis and Kia. Genesis being the luxury brand of Kia. I don't know if you've heard of it. Their, their new cars actually look really cool, to be honest. So the Korean automakers dominating the top of this list for quality. Genesis, Kia, then Hyundai. All at the very top. Will showcasing uh, some images of the new Genesis. It, it looks really, Genesis G90. Looks really nice. Looks like a Mercedes or something. And high quality uh, as referenced here in JD Power. Uh, moving down a little bit further, Ford, top of the list for North American auto automakers in 83, they score. Uh, Lincoln, down below that. Chevy, Nissan, Dodge, Lexus. Some of the poor performers, I'll continue down there. Mitsubishi, Alfa Romeo, Volvo, Volkswagen. So you, it might surprise you to find out that this is the case. I have to say, I've looked at this before and have also read on forums, particularly with Land Rovers and Range Rovers. You'd be amazed, man. People buy these things and they're in the shop half the time. They just bought it. It's no fun. So you reference something like this. It's real data based on 76,000 human beings. It's, it's kind of cool. Initial quality study. It'd be cool if something like this existed for smartphones, Will, or laptops, mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, this one, JD Power, well-established, I guess, in the space and referenced frequently. Uh, here's one to strike fear. It's actually my last one of the day. To strike fear into teens and other individuals. You know, the vape culture has taken off. The vape pens, the elect electronic e-cigarettes and things like this. A teen's injury injuries looked like he was in a high-speed crash. Instead, a vape pen exploded in his mouth. This story was making the rounds this morning, as well as a cool 3D image scan of what happened to this kid's jaw. You can see it snapped in half. And he lost a ton of teeth here. A 17-year-old boy, a vape pen exploded in his mouth there and totally rearranged his smile, broke his jaw. His mouth is now wired shut. What an incredible day at the office for this man. He's just another day. He's on his way to high school. He's got the cool vape pen and kablambo. Of course, this is a possibility. You have combustion. You have batteries. You have... Uh, different components which can explode and we've seen a couple cases of this i saw one maybe about a year ago where the guy it severed an artery and he died uh this one not as bad as that one but bad nonetheless uh the 17 year old arrived at primary children's hospital in salt lake city his entire jaw was cracked and a chunk of the bone had been completely shattered several of his teeth were missing and there was a hole in his chin uh, that's an injury we see in high-speed motor vehicle crashes, KDW Russell, pediat pediatric surgeon, said. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a rough outlook. These things have be become more popular, obviously. We're all aware of it. 
Uh, you see them on the street, every different version of the e-cigarette, vape pen, things like this. This is, of course, not what you expect to have happen. Uh, I can imagine a lawsuit could take place here rather soon. Will is showcasing some version of vape called V-God, which... Uh, Apparently they were responsible for it. Oh, it was a V-God vape. Okay, so they actually know which brand it was. Uh, well, they, they sell multiple devices by the looks of it. Anyhow, there's a lot of these different things. Mango bomb, and it turned out to explode in his mouth. How perfect. Uh, it's rough. I mean, I don't know what to say. These things are obviously popular. A lot of people use them, but I guess it's just, hey, be aware. Try to use it in perfect conditions. I'm not really sure what the suggestion even really is. I, I hope that there's some sort of, uh, maybe there has to be some governing body that authorizes these things or to make sure they're insulated correctly or to limit the likelihood of these things happening. I'm not really certain what the way is, but this whole marketplace has kind of exploded. It came out of nowhere. It was like vape, okay. Yeah, I heard of it. And then it was like, holy moly, jewel pods. And it just, it's like everyone. It's like you just saw it take over so rapidly. And yeah, I guess there's, presumably some health benefits over smoking traditional cigarettes but this dude he ain't talking about health benefits right now you know he probably wishing he had a cigarette right about now do you know what i'm saying that he chose a cigarette instead because he may never be the same this guy look at that image that you're showcasing there his chin is is split in two and the bone is completely gone above it you see that chunk where the bone is gone i mean that that's a lot of pain this man's going to be in for a while because of this. I mean, he's, he's, he's lucky to be alive, to be honest. That's kind of a weird thing to say, but he's, he's pretty much lucky to be alive. He, had, he, he chewed on a grenade. It's, it's a wild thing to think about. So that story making the rounds this morning, uh, ha happy to put that out into the universe for everyone who's smoking a vape while they're listening to this. Oh. Like, uh, they'll probably put it down temporarily. They'll put it back. Don't worry. Vape lords out there in the universe, I'm sure you'll be back. You'll be back in action. For the number of them that are out there, it's actually kind of surprising we don't hear more of this, to be honest. But I'm just saying uh, vape uh, responsibly. I don't know if there's a way to do that. Don't chew on your vape. I don't know. Try to limit. You got a story you want to share today, Will? Yeah, just a quick one. Quick here. one. It's always a quick one, Will. When are you going to hit me with a long <laughs> one? Uh, deep fake news. Yeah. Um, basically, you can use a photo of, uh, of anyone. Did you just call this segment deep fake news? Yeah. Wow, it's I didn't, a segment I didn't know we had a segment for that. Okay. Um, it's a research company, Samsung's Research uh, Center in the UK. They basically developed an album. Well, we already covered this, didn't we? No, this is more advanced. Is it? They went yeah. further, this same group? Let's see. So, you know, we're watching a video of Einstein. He's uh, it, it was a picture, and they animated him to use voice and also different facial movements. This is so. This is the one where it references a database yeah. of similar faces. Will I'm absolutely certain that we've covered this exact story before. Well, it just came out, but uh, well, they're right. They're writing about it again because I'm positive we talked about this. Yeah, we did. But this this one is just um, it's more advanced because they're just using facial expressions from other people and just tying it to. A certain image that you want animated with a voice so in this case what you're saying is you plug in anybody's face yep 
and then what you dictate to it what the words are is this is this is this what they used for the kardashian one that recently came out did you hear about that she got it no. taken down off youtube no yeah she there was somebody put a clip of her on youtube which had her basically dissing all her audience members saying i love manipulating you guys this is so easy uh i'm just printing money do you know what i'm saying and and people were upset because she was able to get it taken down immediately off YouTube, whereas other people of, of lesser prominence wouldn't be able to do so. So it's kind of a controversial subject, but in the video, she is taken down. But you can find it on other social media if you're looking for it. She's just standing there, kind of like calling, there it is, you can play it right there on Instagram. Do you have volume for it? I can get volume. On TV. I can get volume for it. I'm rich beyond my wildest dreams. Man, it's so real. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. It's it's really well done. It's just scary because deep fakes are only going to get better. Yeah, they are. And faster. Yeah, they are. I don't look. I don't just know. More convincing. I don't know exactly which technology they used in that particular example, but it's uh. Obviously, the origin of DeepFace, when you first heard about it, the application was kind of rudimentary. It was like uh, people didn't know what to do with it. But as you're seeing these types of fakes, like the last one that we just showcased or your Einstein version of it here, is like, wow, man, this stuff could be powerful in an unexpected way or maybe an expected way where like they went too far in the Kardashian clip where she's like, oh, I just really love manipulating you guys. But let's say it was slightly more subtle. You know, let's say it wasn't so obvious. She mentions uh, something called Spectre, mm. Spectre Project. So people knew right away, like, something was off about it. Right. But, like, let's say it's just a little different from reality. Yeah. And I think that's where it's like, going to go. Let's just say she's promoting some product and a company can't afford to get actual Kardashian. So they just get her to say, hey, I really love uh, Bob's yeah. Cosmetics. Imagine like thousands of companies doing that. Then like, how do you combat yeah. it? And then you just and then you just flood. Are we giving them ideas right now? Then you just flood Instagram. Hit the discover page, right? Get a few key metrics going. Get into the suggested engine. And now all of a sudden, Bob's cosmetics are everywhere. And by the time people figure out it's fake, maybe you already made your sales. It's wild. the The consequences could be could be catastrophic here. Could be significant. And to, so you, when you see someone like her, I don't know. I don't have it. Maybe they can. I don't have a version of me doing it yet. I don't know what that would feel like. Yeah. I'll put the challenge out there. Deep fake <laughs> me. All right. Get me to say something ridiculous. I mean, I say enough ridiculous things anyways. They That's don't have true, to. Yeah. They could just take a clip from this show and they'd be all set. But uh, nonetheless, impressive stuff. All right. Let's take a question, Will. Time crunch. Apologize. Flying question for later clips on Jetpack. What a subject line. Yeah, eh? Hey, Lou. Hi, Will. Hi, Jack. What is your exact address? And what are your views about Jetpack? I am Shrey from India. Lots of love. Uh, well, we're not giving you the exact address, obviously. Uh, trying to Jetpack in here. <laughs> I saw a Jetpack video recently. I don't know oh, if it yeah. was real or not. Did you see that? It's like an Iron Man. Yeah, was that real or I don't even know anymore. CG, who knows what they're doing to us. We're going to have to question everything we see. Anyway, real life jetpack. Red Bull did it. It's probably real, I'm guessing. 
This was March 31st. Anyway, I feel like I saw one more recently, but it was very similar to this with the arms and whatnot. Mm. Uh, it's cool. It's not practical or anywhere near practical, is it? Uh, it's so expensive and there's combustion and you got fuel. It's uh, it's hard to imagine this being... Oh, Adam Savage recently did it. Yeah, five days ago. There you go. That's uh, from Mythbusters, his new thing, Savage Builds. Oh, That's the one that I fly. saw. <laughs> yeah, he's just so like, a dude flying now. I mean, it is obviously very cool. It's it, you, you have to imagine there's a real technique to elevating yourself, staying stable. There's a real process that goes into it. It's not going to be for everyone. This is not mass transit yet by any means. I don't, I don't think people are ready to fuel up. The version you would need would have to be moving air and it would have to be electric. So you had to limit the flames and the whole, well, the, the cool part of it, obviously. I don't know if you could even call it a jetpack at that point, but that's what it would have to be to have any kind of wide adoption or uh, live outside of kind of the stuntman, Iron Man situation. There's Savage. I mean, he's getting up on it. He, he however, is tethered to the ceiling for safety. Uh, cool sci-fi movie tech for now it makes a cool youtube video but it ain't ready for prime time it's not it's not transportation yet self-driving cars that's the next one if it's a little bit more stable would you ride it oh i would ride it as it yeah. is right now oh, if they okay. wired me up like him so like look he couldn't fall that hard put a net underneath me or, or whatever i'll give that a shot i'll give it a shot right now bring it by let's go we got high enough ceilings i'll jet around remember we got the flamethrower in here i'm not worried come on now Anyway, there you have it. We covered it all. We covered a lot. Time crunch today. Apologize for that, ladies and gentlemen. Apologize for that, Willie Do. I know it was, it, was a, it was a frantic pace today. Had to get it done. There was a lot to cover. Keep your, uh, keep your vape life safe. Don't buy a Jaguar or a Land Rover. You will soon charge your phone 4,000 milliamp hours in 13 minutes. YouTube is, has got to do something about the, the kids' stuff, honestly. It, I... I'm sensitive about it. I think got to do something about it. It's pretty nasty stuff. Uh, the iPhone problems, I think, are going to continue in terms of overall uh, sales numbers and so forth. And they are likely going to move some production out of China, as we mentioned. And then lastly, the Galaxy Fold ain't dead. It's coming. It's going to come. Executives are talking. All right? They're saying the right things. It's going to happen. They can't keep this one off the market. The smartphone marketplace needs something like it. Even if it's not 10 out of 10 ready, we got to get this conversation. We got to get this ball rolling. The device I tried, I felt was there enough to get the ball rolling, but I understand. Two grand, $1,980, and maybe dirt particles, and you had to baby it. I felt myself babying it when I had it. I sort of accepted that role in the position, it wasn't ready for the average customer. And it, I don't think it will be even when it comes out. I still think I'm going to recommend it, but I'm going to love using it as far as I'm concerned. So technology is happening. Deep fakes are happening. It's all happening. You need to be involved. You need to know about this stuff. You need, it, you need, to, you need to get on the internet and know what you're looking at. And you got somebody like Willie Do in order uh, to deliver that comprehension that lens, to apply that lens on your behalf. It's a real privilege. 
not just for you, but for me every day, to sit in the presence of absolute God mode internet man, Willie do, on the browser, on the ones and twos, changing the game. A little shout out, just a little love for Willie do. Show him some. That's that. You can cut it there.